You may know her from leading the most powerful women in network marketing, or you may know her as being the better half of Eric Worre, the network marketing professional and the author of GoPro. Tune in today as we talk with Marina Worre. Welcome to the MLM You Decide podcast. We're your hosts, Janine Finney and Laura Evans. Each week, we'll bring you conversations about the good and the misunderstood aspects of MLM multi-level marketing, network marketing. It's time to get informed because making a decision with only half the information could be the most expensive decision you make. Let's dive into today's episode. Thanks for joining us today. I am so thrilled to be able to bring you. I I told her earlier when she got on the call, I'm kind of fangirled out because I've been watching her and listening to her on stages for the last several years. And it's had such an impact on me and the teams and the leaders that I bring to hear from her as well as from her husband. Um, They are world renowned for helping level up this industry as a profession and treating this business of network marketing as a profession. They are authors, they are event creators, and I know you're going to know about them. You've probably read GoPro as a book. Um, You've probably attended a network marketing pro event, either virtual or in person. You may have attended the most powerful women in network marketing event, as I have attended several times. And all of those type of things, we have her to thank for. So I I just am so thrilled, Marina Worry, that you are joining us today on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much, Laura. And thank you so much, Jean, for having me today. It's my great honor and pleasure. Well, you and Eric are just well-known among all network marketers for creating the Network Marketing Pro and the events that you provide. Um, but a lot of people probably don't know your story and your background. Will you tell everybody a little bit about how you came to be the leader of women that you are in this profession? Tell us more about you, your story, how you were introduced to network marketing. Yeah, I mean, I I was born and raised in Ukraine. Uh, It's kind of like it's a separate story on its own because uh, when I was born, it was still Soviet Union, uh, communist country. So it's kind of like it's interesting challenge on its own. But I think part of my upbringing and part of the struggle and uh, challenges that we had at that time made me who I am today. But I think that I was really blessed at some point because my mom told me since I was a little girl that I'm strong, I'm powerful, I can achieve everything I want in life. And I was naive enough and I believed that. So I started my own business when I was 18. I joined my first network marketing company when I was 21. And kind of like, you know, that bubbly excited bunny and running around uh, running around and doing my business and being strong and powerful until life started happening to me and that there was a moment in time where you know I became a single mom where you know at some point because I got into the story that uh, just be a homestay mom I'll take care of the business I'll take care of everything you just take care of the kids and uh, I know it's a really tough job to be a homestay mom um, and with all kind of like with all its challenges, um, my kudos go to all the women who are doing it every single day. Uh, but for me, I wanted to do something more. I wanted to be more. I wanted to contribute to the lives of other people as well. So when I kind of like came out of that uh, staying home mom phase, 
uh, just to realize that my husband at the time lost all of my assets, all of my money. <clears throat> my business was pretty much uh, bankrupt. And um, so, and our relationship was coming to the end. <clears throat> so here I am, single mom, uh, broken financially, <clears throat> broke financially, but actually broken emotionally. And that was probably the, the toughest part for me because I, um, you know, the relationship that we had was uh, verbally abusive. Uh, I never had a physical abuse. And uh, I, it, it just, it's heartbreaking to know that a lot of women and men actually have uh, been physically abused in their lives. But for me personally, I feel like, you know, I can take a punch, you know, I'm a strong woman. And um, I felt like maybe physical abuse for me personally would have been not as devastating as verbal abuse because, you know, what do you do when you break my heart? Mm. You know, how do you heal when you break my soul? Mm. You know, so for me, that was so much harder. And uh, I, I hate the person I've become, you know, I was disgusted by the reflection in the mirror. And uh, I was not that strong woman anymore. I was not believing in myself. I, I thought that uh, I'm the biggest loser of them all. And the car, the crazy part, I was actually blaming myself in all of this. I was blaming that I am probably a bad mom and I am probably a bad wife. And uh, the reason why my business is bankrupt now is because of me, because I let somebody else to be in charge. And I took my pedal off the gas, my, my um, foot off the gas. And that's all me. That's all my fault. So I was like beating myself up on top of being already beaten up. And um, it was, you know, it was hard. It was hard to find my voice back and find my strength back. And that's when um, I kind of like, at that time, I didn't know any better. So I joined network marketing again because I was out of the profession for quite some time. And I was like, how can I make some money fa fairly fast? Because I needed to, to feed my kids and I needed money like oxygen. So <clears throat> I got back into network marketing space. Um, and at the company convention, that's where I actually met Eric. Uh, he was one of the top leaders uh, of the company. And I was actually, because the company did not necessarily do a really good job launching my country, uh, everything was a mess. You know, our products were on the back order for like four or five months. Uh, the commissions were on uh, back pay for four or five months. Mm -hmm. uh, there was no translation, no nothing. So it's, it's impossible to build a business when people are not getting paid. And when they pay for the products, they don't have the product. So it was a really tough situation. So uh, you mentioned before that you heard me talk about resourcefulness. I think that resourcefulness is probably my highest and best skill. So, and because I have a background in the business from my own business that I was running since I was 18, I, I decided that, that I'm going to solve the problem uh, for my team just bringing the product through different countries. I built a relationship with country manager of uh, Turkey at the time, and I figured out the way how we can um, pay the commissions also through their office. So I was basically uh, doing the job of a country manager uh, without being paid. So <laughs> I was going to that company convention with intentions like, okay, guys, like maybe you just start paying me. That would be fair, you know, because like on top of building my business, I'm trying to solve your problem as well. So that's how Eric and I met. But uh, he was a very crucial part for me to help me get into that state of the power back again. You know, uh, he helped me with personal development and uh, uh, being more exposed to powerful leaders 
and great minds um, to find my voice back, to build my strength again. And, you know, I was at the time when I was trying to figure out, should I, because my relationship was over, but I was kind of like holding on filing a divorce because I was still thinking like, you know, can I, can I maybe fix this relationship? Because <clears throat> like I said, I was blaming myself <clears throat> and I wanted to make sure that I'm making a right choice for my kids. I'm making the right move and not being just selfish, you know, because I'm in love. Uh, it doesn't mean that I need to give up and not try harder. Uh, and don't forget, I was trying for 10 years before that. <laughs> so if it didn't work for 10 years, it's probably not going to go uh, well moving forward. So and Eric at that time, he told me a very powerful um, thing. He said that, do you think uh, your kids going to be better off seeing you crying at the, uh, crying, going to sleep every single night um, and knowing that you're deeply unhappy and you're living beneath of your potential or will they be better off um, if they see you be happy, if they see you smiling, if they see you, you know, being excited and happy and living with your passion and with your true meaning. And I realized that he's so right because when my kids would come to me and say, hey, I have some challenges. I don't know if I can do this or I can do that. And of course, as every mama bear, I would tell them, like, you can absolutely achieve anything you want in life. And they would ask me, so why you didn't do it? And I would not have any answer for them. So at that moment in time, I realized that uh, no matter how scary it is, no matter how hard it is, and regardless of all the guilt that I had at the time, I have to do it for my kids, not despite of it, but for my kids, I need to be successful. I need to be happy. I need to show them the way because that's how they're going to learn. And that's what is going to inspire them more than any words. And that's what I decided to do. And uh, when I found my voice and I found my strength and power again, I made myself a promise that I'll never lose it again once first of all and i also uh want to help every single woman that just like me who was lucky with the gift of belief and confidence uh, since they were little but through life through challenges and obstacles lost uh, that confidence helped them to find that voice again but also to millions of uh, millions and millions of other women who did not have that gift you know who were told since they were a little girl that you are nothing you're nobody you cannot achieve big dreams and you're just a small piece of the puzzle of somebody else's pretty picture. So I just wanted to help all these girls and show them what is possible and they have everything that they need inside of them. So that's kind of like um, where, <clears throat> where I ended up uh, going with my journey. Thank you for sharing that story. It's, you know, I think we always see people that are, that are someone we admire and respect and that is doing so well. And we don't, you know, we often don't know the, the, the mess behind success, the story behind the story. So thank you so much for sharing that. I know that you and Eric do so much to work to raise the um, level of professionalism in network marketing. What do you think we can do as network marketers ourselves to help um, create that professionalism? Well, first of all, I think uh, using the word profession uh, more often uh, than industry is really important because the, I think that the word profession already has such a powerful meaning and I'm uh, grateful and uh, um, 
like blessed because Eric was the person who brought that word into the network marketing space before nobody even called it profession. Because the word profession means that there are skills that needs to be developed. There is a specific mindset that you need to have and develop in order to be successful in this profession. And it also has the kind of like meaning behind it that it's going to take time right? It's going to take time to do all of those things. So I think, first of all, realizing that uh, we need to treat this business seriously, not as a project, not as a thing, not as a whatever, something that I'm doing on the side while I'm really doing something important um, and kind of like diminish the power and um, importance of uh, network marketing, I think that that distinction already going to help, but also uh, stop exaggerating because that's what I see a lot of uh, people who are coming into network marketing space who don't, who don't necessarily know what this profession is, who don't have the skills, who don't necessarily, you know, been in the profession long enough to realize what it's all about. They kind of like run around like a little puppies and peeing in every corner and just saying, it's like, oh, come join me. You know, it's like, I'm, you're going to be rich tomorrow. I'll do everything for you. You don't have to worry about anything. And we're just going to like be ruling the world. And some people come with expectation like that. They think that we're growing magic beans here. And when they realize that, oh, it's not, it's not that, you know, it's not a lottery. It's like, it's actually work. It's business. It takes time. It takes blood, sweat, and tears sometimes, you know, it takes you facing your fears. It takes you getting out of your comfort zone. It takes you um, developing new uh, skills and talents, potentially. Uh, once they realize that it is a hard work, they all of a sudden start bailing on us because they bought into the lottery mentality and they bought into the story that it's going to be simple and easy. It is simple business. It's it's not a rocket science. You know, all those skills, they're not, if it was a college um, course, it would not take long. Okay? Maybe like in one or two semesters, you would cover all of them. But people are not even patient enough to give that, uh, you know, a couple months or under a year to learn those skills and put them into practice when you become really good at that, when you become really good at talking to people. I mean, it's not, it's not something that we don't know how to do. But for some reason, when there is agenda attached to it, you know, we have no problem sharing best movies, best restaurants, best books, whatever. But as soon as we have the opportunity on the back end, Everybody frees up. Everybody all of a sudden starts stumbling and mumbling and they start saying some kind of a nonsense that is not true. So understanding that we do have the gift, the truth is good enough. What we have inside of our profession is amazing. It's super powerful. Is it perfect? No, it's not. It's like any business, but it's a better opportunity than anyone out there, uh, any other out there and definitely better than what I know. When I started my own business, when I was 18 years old, I invested over half a million dollars into that business and I ended up losing uh, most of it. So, I mean, not a lot of people can start their business with such a big investment and God forbid, lose it later. Inside of network marketing, because our price of admission is so low, the price of exit is solo as well. And that's what people don't realize because it's so cheap. I think if you needed to pay, let's say $10,000, $50,000 to sign up for network marketing, first of all, of course, we would have less people, but we would have serious people. We would not have tourists 
in this profession who just come and go. And a lot of people do not realize that I think that the biggest disservice that we have inside of network marketing is we need to change the classification of how people are classified inside of their companies. Just because you joined the company and because you bought a product, you cannot be called a distributor uh, or associate or whatever, or member, whatever they call them. You're a customer. If you bought a product, you're a customer. If you buy it on a consistent base, you preferred customer. But you are in no shape or form distributor because you did not produce any distributor-like activities. So when you do recruit somebody, then you can move into the different category of distributors. When you start making a check, then when, when you get it a little bit on a consistent basis, then you can be called a distributor. So if we do that, if we eventually all the companies agree that, okay, we need to flip that switch and we need to change that whole classification, the success ratio is going to be through the roof. Because a lot of people do not realize because of the low price of entry, we probably have anywhere between 85% to 90% of people inside of the entire network marketing space who are tourists, who are truly um, customers. They're not builders. They're not business owners. You know, it's like if you had a Costco membership. You just go and buy something at a discount. And because you're Costco member, nobody calls you a loser but you're not meant to make money on, on Costco model. Inside of network marketing, if you do not do that activity, you're not a distributor. So if you really take a look at people who are building the business, who is a much smaller percentage, those people are making money. So I think that people understanding that classification issue is gonna help them to understand, okay, this is a business. And if you look at the, any other entrepreneurial venture, majority of the entrepreneurs, you know, majority of the businesses, 90% uh, of businesses don't survive the first year. The startups, if they survive the first year and if they make it to fifth year, they're lucky, but that does not necessarily mean they're profitable. They just survive till the fifth year and they're still barely keeping up and building still the structures and systems and uh, hopefully breaking even. So when people come to network marketing for, for, for whatever reason, they stop applying all normal rules of business to this profession. And they just think that it's just going to something magically going to fall into our lap and they're going to be rich tomorrow. And it's going to be like, you know, a fairy tale. And it's not, it's, it's a business. Yeah. You bring up so many, so many different points. We could talk about, we could go off and talk about all of those things. I love the idea of having differentiating um, people more. That's, that's a problem because it, it, the statistics become so convoluted because people that are just shopping become part of the statistics. Right. So um, what do you believe is the big, biggest misconception about our profession? Uh, the biggest misconception is people do not realize that this is a business. They do not realize this is a profession. Uh, we've been taught since we were little to be employee minded. We were, uh, since we were little, we were uh, kind of like being raised in like, I'll tell you what to do. You do it. If you don't, there are consequences. So, you know, eat your vegetables, do your homework, don't hit your sister. Otherwise, going to be consequences. Then you go to school same thing if you don't do your homework if you don't prepare for the test you're going to get a bad grade 
And uh, when you go into the workforce, the same thing, you need to show up at that time. This is when you can take lunch. This is when you can go on vacation. And if you miss any of those things and you don't perform, you're fired. So there are consequences constantly installed in our kind of like subconscious mind. So when people come from the job into network marketing, they're still waiting for those consequences to kick in. But we do not have those built-in consequences except your check, right? So a lot of people, once they become a boss for the first time, they're just like, huh, I guess I'm just not going to work today. I guess I'm just going to, you know, take a day off. And then that day off turns into a week off, and then it turns into a month off. And then at the end of the month, they're frustrated and questioning why they didn't make any money. Well, you didn't work. You didn't do anything to make any money. You know, like I said, we're not growing magic beans. The check is not going to show up in your <clears throat> in your doorstep just because you join. You have to do the work. And I think that a lot of people, once they realize, I was like, oh, instead of taking the responsibility that, oh, I did not work. I didn't do what is necessary. I didn't talk to people. I didn't sell or promote products and services. I did not recruit anybody into my team. They don't say any of that. They just say, like, oh, I talked to everybody. Nobody's interested. All five people said that this is nonsense and doesn't work. And they quit. And then they go out in the world and they start bashing network marketing, saying this business is not legitimate business. It's a pyramid scheme because they talk to every single person on planet Earth and every single person is not interested. Because of that, it's a pyramid scheme. That's unfortunately the kind of like the mindset that is going on in, in those heads of those tourists that come into the business, try to kick the ball, kick the can down the road and see if something happens. And because nothing happens, if they because they didn't do anything, <clears throat> now all of a sudden they're frustrated and they're blaming on the profession. So once you understand those dynamics, um, you kind of like start respecting our profession more. Yes, absolutely. I really appreciate what you're sharing there. Uh, if we've got some listeners who are considering getting involved in this profession. Is there any advice on what to look for in a company or in a business that would maybe connect with them? What would you say to them? Uh, if you're looking for a company or opportunity, uh, just first of all, find um, find the product that uh, you like or the service, right? That you can get behind because if you don't see the need in that product or service, if you do not see the price for sale, because in every time you kind of like categorizing something or making a business evaluation, you need to see if the product is the price to uh, for sale, if there is a need for that product and if there is a profit to be made, so you as a distributor in a company can be healthy by making those healthy margins so that can be a sustainable business. And unfortunately, a lot of times right now, um, our products are lazy. You know, somebody just left some formula here and there, overpriced it and throws it on uh, under network marketing umbrella. It's not necessarily the best case because they want to pay so much money to the distributors <clears throat> because of that. They do not invest enough into the product development and research. So it's really important to realize that the product is, has some unique abilities um, that uh, it's different. It's something that uh, you can get, be, get behind, something that you believe in, something that produces the results. So you can look people in the eye when you're promoting it, you know, and be cool with that. So that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is, uh, in my opinion, is it's important to see the leadership of the company. Because if the leadership is not 
in alignment with your core values, um, <clears throat> it's probably not good. Because here's the thing, everybody, when the company hits the some kind of a roadblock or <clears throat> something happens, everybody immediately start jumping in into different opportunity. What, and everybody thinks that the grass is greener somewhere else. Well, here's the thing, the grass is not greener. greener. If you have a leadership who is strong enough, who is smart enough, they'll figure it out. We all gonna make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the companies have their best um, ambitions and best ideas in mind when they start everything, but we all humans will make mistakes, we all fail, and that's okay. Just you need to decide if that leadership is strong enough, smart enough, that they have uh, <clears throat> in their heart, um, they value the distributor and they wanna kind of like they're putting you before their profits, then you need to get behind them. <clears throat> Sorry, and be um, and be kind of like with them on the same page. You just need to decide who you're gonna have your problems with, <clears throat> because it's not that the other company is not gonna have a problem. They will, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not today, but they're gonna be a time when they're gonna be challenges, and you'll have to decide what you're gonna do next. You're gonna jump off the ship again. I cannot build sustainable business if you do that. So because of that, you just need to look at the leadership if they're smart enough to solve the problems that you in you, you kind of like with them on the same core value chain that you need to get behind that and of course the compensation plan has to be strong enough that it covers all different categories so it has enough money for people who are getting started that has enough money for the middle uh, for the middle group people who are on the rise to the top <clears throat> and has a lot of money for people who are doing a lot of work to leading the organizations but it's a it's actually a pretty uh, hard task to do because a lot of companies they just kind of like push a little too hard to to the top or push too much money to the bottom and because of that it's disbalanced and one group or the other is not getting paid enough to justify the time and the effort so it's kind of like it's a balance that needs to be found in a compensation plan because majority of the companies paying out the same amount of money. It's just how they distribute it through those different categories. That's the biggest difference. So find those three categories. And um, if, you, if you like what you see, then get behind. But most importantly, you need to decide that if somebody else in that company is being successful, if somebody else in that company promoting the product and service and in a very powerful way and has a great success with that, that means that it's not the product is the challenge. It's not the compensation plan is the challenge. It's not the company is the challenge. You are the most important variable that exists. So you are the person who gonna make that business successful or not successful in your particular case, right? The company will be successful with or without you. Will you be successful with the company? Depends on you, on your efforts. And just like I said at the beginning, you need to understand that this is a profession. It's going to take time for you to learn the skills, to develop them, to put them into practice. Just because you read them, you know, in Eric's book, which is an amazing book, you're still not going to be professional overnight. You need to put them into practice. You need to talk to people. And every time, and the first time you're going to mess up and the first time it's not going to be as, as good as, as you wish, but more and more you do that, you're going to get better and better. So just understand that's okay to be messy a little bit while you're learning. As long as you're getting better and better every single day, you, you will eventually achieve your goals and dreams. 
Well, thank you so much, Marina. Thank you for your time. And we will be sure to put the links in the show notes as well to the most powerful women in network marketing. I've so much enjoyed hearing from you today and I'll be registered for that event too. So I'm looking forward to tuning in and thank you again. Thank you so much for your time. My great pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. so much for taking the time to be with us. We hope you've gained some clarity from today's show. If you did, please share it with your friends, family, and colleagues. Because when you share it and drop a review, it helps other people find us and helps us get this message out. Please join us each week to hear from people who are in the trenches and have their own personal experience with this business. And if you'd like to learn more about this topic, subscribe to our show and visit our website. We'd also like to recommend two books co-authored by Janine Finney and her daughter, Lori Murhead, The Flip-Flop CEO and Does the Shoe Fit? The Guide to Help You Decide. We invite you to join our Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn communities as well. Be sure to tune in to our next episode because making a decision with only half the information could be the most expensive mistake you can make. <laughs>